What's poppin' everybody? Hope you're all having a great day today. Welcome back to another episode of Blake's Take. We're gonna dive right into it with the NBA. We're gonna start here where we have a down-to-the-wire intense game between our hometown Blazers and Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. Last time these two met, Curry went off for 62, and it was looking like another promising game for Curry, early with 16 points in the first quarter, with three trays with the rest of the roster only scoring 13. Curry then got his teammates involved in the second, dishing it out, and still scoring seven to maintain the Warriors' one-point lead going into halftime. Curry looked good coming into the third, with an acrobatic, insane layup over the backboard, making the basketball court look like a playground. But that crazy play would be his only field goal in the third, allowing the Blazers to stay within it and ultimately taking the two-point lead going into the fourth. Down to the two-minute mark, Blazers are down three. Dame pulls up, and Andrew Wiggins in Andrew Wiggins' face to tie things up 103 apiece. But then the Warriors came back, and the Blazers left Draymond Green some space, and somehow he hit it from behind the arc to take the lead back. The Blazers got a quick bucket, and we're now only down one. With 20 seconds to go, balls in Dame's hands. We know what time it is. Dame does a slow crossover and step back, drilling the dagger. But Warriors still have a chance in this one, but still incredible shot by Dame there. Curry kicked it out to Draymond, who pumped fake and had a wide-open lane to the basket until Dame took the charge to seal the deal in this one. Dame with the dagger and the charge for the Blazers win. When it's Dame time, wherever Dame is, he's going to have an impact. That was just an incredible play defensively and offensively. Smart IQ right there by Dame. And ultimately, great dagger shot by there. And he got the best of Curry this time. Didn't let Curry get blown away with all his incredible scoring abilities. Dame got the last laugh in this one and now evens the series this season with Golden State 1 and Dame and the Blazers now getting their win there. On to Houston where we had the return of James Harden and the number 13 on his jersey that has been so won so many games for Houston in the past. The team has announced that 13 will be retired eventually in Harden's honor, of course, with him being the second all-time leader in scoring, but only behind Hakeem Olajuwon for the Rockets organization. Harden's return to Houston now rudders the Houston with companion and Kyrie returns with Houston, his companion and Kyrie Irving in hopes of bringing home another championship, which is something he has never been able to do in Houston. Harden got cooking early with a near triple-double in the first half with 14 points to go along with 7 rebounds and 9 assists. Harden kept going, kept it going though, with his teammates getting involved, getting buckets, going on to the, going into the fourth quarter with a 16-point lead. Wow! Yet the Rockets used a 10-0 run with the five points from John Wall to cut the lead down to eight with about eight minutes left in the fourth. But the Nets scored eight points right away in response with two iconic threes from Harden, step back iconic three that he always did in Houston to extend their lead to 113-97 midway through the quarter and seal the deal for the Nets in this one. Despite season highs from both John Wall with 36 and Victor Aldipo with 33, 
Harden gets the Nets the victory with their his eighth triple-double of this season and his second straight after he had 30 points, 14 rebounds, and 15 assists without a single turnover in his game against San Antonio on Monday. That was a mind-boggling performance. He didn't have as clean of a game, though, with this game having eight turnovers, but he had a great game overall and got them the win in his return. Harden said that it was a mixed reaction by the crowd, which was expected in his return to Houston, with many of the 3,615 fans booing him in, in his introduction for the game and more boos coming in when he first touched the ball in his first possessions. Ultimately, he got a huge support in that video tribute for his return, which was very special. So great to see Harden be able to be the sixth player in NBA history to post a triple-double in his first game against his former team. And it's great to recognize the importance of what Houston meant to him and still means to him to this day. On to Sacramento, where we had the Battle of the California Teams in Northern and Southern California with the Kings of Sacramento taking on the LA Lakers. This game was down to the wire where we had it. We're going to start with De'Aaron Fox who drove into the lane and pulled up for a mid-range jumper. But then Dennis Schroeder responded right back for the Lake Show with a tough drive to the rack for the and one bucket to give the Lakers the one-point lead. Fox still was fighting for the win though, sweeping into the lane and with a smooth finish at the basket, taking the lead right back. Down to the 10-second mark where Schroeder tries to get some last-second magic, driving up to the rack and missing it. But the Lakers got several putbacks, yet all, every single one, missed, and the Lakers were down with just two seconds to go. Lakers fouled and now down three with 1.3 to go, and get a great look from Kyle Kuzma off the inbound, but Kuzma comes up short, and the Kings hang on for the win. Lakers are now 3-6 and six in the stretch without AD, not looking good for the defending champs. Of course, LeBron didn't play in that game due to some load management. Obviously, due to him playing 40 minutes a game, we praise him for doing that after playing every single game this season. We thank LeBron for doing that, for trying to manage his incredible workload after AD being injured. So, unfortunate loss for the Lakers. Uh, hopefully, they can bounce back with AD and LeBron after the break. Now we have some more all-star news with both the slam dunk contest and three-point shootout participants being announced. Portland Trailblazers guard Anthony Simmons and Indiana Pacers rookie Cassius Stanley and expected, are expected to join New York Knicks rookie Obi Toppin in the NBA slam dunk contest annual incredible tradition. The NBA is ca- continuing a recent trend of highlighting some of the league's younger players in the contest with 20... 20- one-year-old Simons and competing alongside the two rookies. Toppin was selected the number 8th overall pick in the 2020 NBA Draft out of Dayton, while Stanley was selected late in the second round out of Duke. While neither rookie has yet made its mark as a dunker in the NBA this season, both boast impressive highlight reels from their college tapes, as we know, especially with Toppin, what he did at Dayton. While Simmons is, Simons is in his third campaign with the Blazers averaging 8.5 points per game in 17.5 minutes. The dunk contest will be two rounds and judged by five former champions in Hall of Famer Dominique Wilkins, D. Brown, Jason Richardson, Josh Smith, and the one and only, shout out to our uh, short guys out there, Sped Webb. It will be held at halftime of the All-Star Game. So I'm excited to see what tricks these young stars have up their sleeves and what entertainment they can bring to the table. As far as the three-point contest, Stephen Curry and Devin Booker have been three-point champions at the NBA All-Star Weekend before. So let's see if they can do it again on Sunday. 
The link revealed the 15 players of Tuesday who will be partaking in the on-court events besides the All-Star game in Atlanta, with the overwhelming majority of them pulling double duty between the competition and the game itself. Curry Booker, the Boston duo of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, Chicago's Zach Levine, Utah's Donovan Mitchell, all are All-Stars and will be the six competitors in the three-point contest. All-Stars Luka Doncic of Dallas, DeMontis Sabonis of Indiana, Julius Randle of New York, Nikola Vukovic of Orlando, and Chris Paul of Phoenix will be, the five, will be the five of the six entrants in the skills competition while they will be joined by Portland's Robert Covington. Only 18 teams will have on-court representation on All-Star Night, with that usually number being down from last year with the taking out of the key event in the Rising Stars game, which would have been awesome to see stars like LaMelo Ball get to play in that Rising Stars Challenge game. That would have been fun to see, but no longer a part of it this year due to COVID and the capacity it can have in the All-Star game. Atlanta, Charlotte, Cleveland, Detroit, Houston, Memphis, Miami, Minnesota, Oklahoma City, Sacramento, San Antonio, and Toronto all have no participants in all of the All-Star Night and weekend events. So it's going to be a jam-packed Sunday night, that's for sure, and I can't wait to see all the events occur within a short period of time, not leaving me hanging between the skills challenge dunk contest and the three-point contest. I just get to see them all at once. I didn't have to wait till late late at night to watch the dunk contest now. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see these three-point shooters. That's That's what I'm looking forward to with Devin Booker and Stephen Curry. I, I think I'm going to take Stephen Curry in this one. Mans is popping off like MVP Curry right now. So I'm going to take him in that one. And I'm th- saying Toppin shows some insane dunks in college. And I think that will translate over. And you always know CP3 gets a little skill crafty with that. So it will be fun to see. I'm so excited to watch the skills competitions. As far as NBA, it's early March and Arizona Cardinals Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer, wide receiver Larry Fitzgerald has yet to announce his intentions for the 2021 NFL season. But the Cardinals are letting the 17-year veteran take his time. Steve Keen said, I've said it a few times that you know that that he deserves a space. At some point in time, I'm sure we'll talk to him and hear in the near future. Fitzgerald, who is now 37, has played the past five seasons under one-year contracts worth $11 million each, which has led the 11-time Pro Bowler to have make a decision of his future each and every one of those years. The latest time he had to make a decision since it happened in 2016 was in February 15th of 2018. Fitzgerald, who now turns 38 in August, has been in the past, has said that he has been quiet about his decisions in the sense of retiring and doesn't want to pro- promote a huge get-together or ceremony, and he just wants to go out quietly, let his legacy talk for itself. Keem said jokingly that Fitzgerald is waiting to announce his decision on purpose. Knowing him, he's probably just trying to make me sweet, Keem. Sweat, Keem said. But no, I don't. I don't know. It's a private thing for a player, and we've always been given Larry his space, and he's taking his time, which is... Uh, out of anybody who deserves it, it should be Larry Fitzgerald. So we shall wait and see what it's going to look like and see if Larry Fitzgerald retires along with the expectation of Drew Brees and patience where patience is due because we have to give these guys time because they are some of the greats of this generation that deserve all the glory and respect when the time comes and it is fitting for them to announce their retirement. 
as far as local sports, it has all came down to this for the Pac-12 one seed that I have been talking about for weeks upon months. It has all come down to this, UCLA versus Oregon for the one seed. It was a back-and-forth close game in the first half until each in, until each in the second half where the Bruins went on a 12-1 run, capturing a 9-point lead. But then the Ducks came back with a huge run of their own, going on a 15-2 run that was capped off by Eugene Amarui dunk to take the lead with 6 minutes to go. After being down 9 at the start of the run, they were now up 4 by the end of it. Then Amarui got a powerful scoop and score score at the basket, and then kicked it out to Chris Dart for the dagger to seal the deal for Oregon. Ducks win 82-74 and have a chance to clinch the season title against yours truly, Oregon State Beavers, on Sunday. But as far as right now, Oregon has the one seed in the Pac-12. Let's go! Oh my, it has been so well anticipated. They worked their way back from the 7th seed. COVID protocol, COVID setbacks, nothing of that stopped them from battering all the way back up to the 2 seed and last night taking the 1 seed. It's going to be great to see. They're going to pro- most likely clinch the Pac-12 title regular season against Oregon State. Sorry, Beavers fans. I'm a Beavers fan myself, but... It's looking like the Ducks are going to take this one with their momentum. I know the Bees beat them last time. I know. But that was when they were without several players due to injuries and COVID protocol. So congratulations to the Ducks. Incredible win and incredible perseverance. As I always say, they have been through everything this season. And they are a bubble team that really just proved themselves last night. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Blake's Take. Hope you all enjoyed that stuff about Larry Fitzgerald retirement. Some incredible skills competitions that are we are well anticipating for the All-Star Weekend. And of course, the one seed clinch by Oregon. Hope you all enjoyed that. You can catch me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and or YouTube. Hit the subscribe button, like button. It would help others reach the incredible local and national sports we have here. And I'll catch you all in the next one.